0: So welcome back to the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. We are here for a second episode with David Veeley of Amend. David, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, we David and I felt like it would be great to really think through two conversations. And this second one, we're going to talk about building of teams and generations, how to think about generations differently so that we can start creating productive conversations in the workplace and move things forward and just continue to try to bring value to you, the listener. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope that you gain a lot of additional value and some real tangible aspects to both think about yourself and to bring to the team and the leaders around you to help build the right organization for the future and to advance your company to ultimate success and the people around you to success. So David, let's get into the team conversation. What are you seeing, and what are you have you been experiencing both personally with your organization that you're continuing to grow and with those that you're serving of how to build the most effective teams in today's workforce and optimize the relationships there? Some of the things that we're seeing
1: in our last episode, we said, hey, make sure you understand what the generational drivers are. That's a very important topic. Kind of the converse of that is let's stop just labeling people. You know, we hear millennials, how do I lead? How do I manage? And by the way, I I never liked the word millennial and manage in the same sentence. But 40 to 45 percent of our workforce today is made up of millennials And we're still putting an emphasis on how do we lead? How do we manage those folks? Reality is we need to be looking at the Gen Z as they're progressing up and coming in the workforce. And I recently went to a seminar and they had some Gen Z folks on stage. And I was a part of the audience. And I asked a question to one of them is, what are we as leaders doing that's frustrating you as you're looking at entering the workforce and really got, if I could say it this way, just really got hit right between the eyes with her response. She basically said, you know what, stop labeling us. I'm not millennial. I am Amy. I am not Gen Z. My name is Amy. And I think it's a wake up call for us. We have been so busy labeling the generation so that we can understand them, which is a good move. But We also have to recognize that we are a team of people and collectively working that team together and not just labeling them. And it was a great wake up call for me to say, as we look at our workforce, we have four generations in the workforce. How do we continue to build those as a team? Mm -hmm. A tangible example, this is something that we do at Amend is monthly. We host a social hour and it's 4.30 on Thursday afternoon and we bring in food and pop and water and we just focus on building relationships and it's grown to a point to where we'll bring clients in our centers of influence networking people that we're close to that we want to introduce into our team and it's interesting to stand back and watch 50 people just interact as human beings and build team Not talking about work, not talking about what our next strategy move is, not working on these items, but allowing that team to facilitate and operate as a team. It's
0: very important. And I love the topic today of how do we build teams collectively. Mm -hmm. That's great. I know sitting in conversations where we're talking about talent, the generation labeling happens. You know, it's hard to not be in a conversation where that's not taking place and, the importance I love that you put, like, we need to kind of move past this, that we all are, you know, it's good to understand what the different generations value, right? But let's really focus on what they value versus keep slapping people with a name or a label. Great. And I think society does that, right? And, you know, if you think about builders, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, you know, it's like, we got to describe people somehow. But I know you and I have talked about this as well, there's a lot of millennials running businesses today. Correct, Right? And that are in the senior spot or being groomed for the senior spot. So my how quickly the Gen Zs will be leading, you know, and leading at the very top. And we need to really encourage them to, okay, how do we maximize our team members to build the best team? How do we develop the team to get the most in their life and for our company? And for the world around them, I think that's the other dynamic around, you know, where people place value. This whole balance thing is really become the word integrated constantly comes to mind, right? That we want to lead well in all aspects of our life, not one or not two. So are you seeing with your team interacting with customers? How are you seeing the, let's call it the manufacturing world respond to attracting the next generations into their businesses and are any doing it well or do you find any that are doing it very well? I believe the more progressive
1: companies also are the growing companies and I believe those go hand in hand with each other. As you look at some of the bigger box brand stores are some of the really extreme or fast growth businesses I believe they're more inviting to it because it also goes along with their business strategy of how do I grow? How do I accelerate? I believe manufacturing itself is challenged because we're thinking 7 to 3, 3 to 11, 11 to 3. You know, I've got to have somebody standing there running a machine, packing a box, doing whatever. But you can still, in that environment, create the team, the dynamic of the team. And you and I have talked about this. What's the compelling reason why? What's the business unit? What are we accomplishing? You know, and our generation did that years ago. We stopped calling the trash man the sanitation engineer. We all want to have a bigger purpose and a bigger why. And really encourage companies to understand what that is. We're not just making widgets. We're not just doing consulting. We're not just placing people. We have a big impact on the economic footprint of this region. We're helping companies grow at a MEN. We say changing lives, transforming businesses. We really believe that's our compelling why. That is what we do.
0: Help teams understand that. It allows them to get a bigger vision of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, and just some other, you know, the the team lunches, making sure that we're being very inclusive in those team lunches and that we're thinking about, you know, let's, we have one client that every year they go to annual leadership conferences and their leaders are encouraged to bring the next one person wow. from the in the organization from the next generation with them. That could be a supervisor, that could be a manager, that could be a lead technician that they see great potential in and gives that leader the access and connection to the leadership team that really builds confidence, right? Brings people up. When you go out to your shop floor and ask people their perspective and you listen and help them feel understood... That builds confidence in the individuals you're interacting with, right? Absolutely. And it's a great way to create impact and, you know, increase. And I would encourage those listening to really think about when was the last time my team was encouraged to go out and just spend time with individuals who have less experience but have great potential and have a voice and bring value And make sure they feel valued by having that conversation. Absolutely. Being intentional about it,
1: making sure you're spending the time. And you and I have talked about this, but be in the now. When you're having that conversation, dial in and focus. Put the technology down. Don't be thinking about your next meeting in 10 minutes. But being in the now and intentionally having that conversation to engage It is amazing when we engage talent in their
0: space and pull them into the team, the results that we get out of them. Mm -hmm. And I assume you've gone into environments where they've identified for you bottlenecks that looked operational that you got in and realized this is about leadership, right? And this is about engagement. That will fix the operational bottleneck that you're trying to overcome or the opportunity that you know you have. But you don't ever see how you ever get there isn't always at another production line. It can also be engage your team more effectively. Exactly.
1: We have a saying people and processes do exactly what they're led to do. Mm. And as business owners and business leaders, the results that we're getting is a direct result of the way that we're leading it. Mm. Your example of, you know, a company directing us to a bottleneck in an operation. Many times when you go out and have that conversation with those employees, number one, they don't realize that's it. Number two, they have a voice that they can't get heard. And they may not be able to articulate in an engineering format or whatever it is to say, hey, here's the problem statement or here's a solution. But the solutions typically lie within that team and empowering them and pulling that, that opportunity out with them. The more that we implement based on their idea, the more engagement and the more ideas that come. Mm. One of the things that we love to say is you never get the million-dollar solution on the first ask, but you do get the smaller actionable item from them. But if you never act on that and you never take it serious, you'll never get the big idea out of the team. And it's really just mm-hmm. a leadership approach to say, engage with your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a simple guy. I'm an analogy guy. It's really
0: what our moms were trying to teach us to do. Engage the people, treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We had a earlier episode with Mamet Yuxik from Perfetti Van Mela and talked a lot about innovation And having interacted with their organization for many years, seeing how they've been most innovative has been their ability to engage and allow their employees to be most creative, right? So the biggest ideas don't always come from the top. They come from listening to really smart people that you happen to employ and thinking about that way in terms of innovation and how do we move forward and elevate and how does our company how can we become a talent magnet is Part of it's making sure people feel meaningful work. They feel understood. They feel valued. Their voice is heard. And you will be amazed the ideas that flow from that and the energy and the passion that flow from that. That really brings to, you know, creates clarity. Mehmet had talked about courage, focus, and clarity and creating a foundation of strategy, innovation, and execution that ultimately provides the best environment for your people. And just having seen the innovation quadrant be so rapid at an organization like Profetti that's known for innovation, knowing their best ideas come from just the really smart people doesn't mean a certain hierarchy. And I think all of us need to recognize that when we're leading people and you're hiring the next great young talent or the next great seasoned talent, make sure they have a voice and feel valued in your company. It's interesting hearing you say innovation with a candy manufacturer.
1: You think about how they could have been commoditized as opposed to taking that approach to leadership and innovating their way through an extreme growth business, uh, many people would say, well, that's candy manufacturing. No, we're an innovative company that produces candy, that's right. engaging that team. I see many times with in that engagement of a team, seek out the people who speak the least amount. Typically, the person who talks the least has more to offer, mm-hmm. and it may be personality style for them, but as you watch teams, it's not always the one who's talking the most. It's the one who is reserved, the one who's processing, the one who's thinking. Seek out those. And in your example of really trying to find that one-to-one dynamic or really engaging with that team, mm-hmm. it's critical
0: that we engage people like that in our businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. David, in terms of leadership development and places and, you know, resources. That leaders can go to? Where are you seeing your clients invest time to develop themselves as a better leader and as a better executive? I think that's a great question. I believe the days of us
1: as leaders going to week-long seminars and classes are just about done. Our schedules anymore do not allow for that, as well as our learning appetites have changed a great deal. Think about, we used to read a tremendous amount of books. We used to go to classes. We used to go to three-day seminar events. Our schedules now just don't allow for that. Podcasts, great example. Web-based learning are uh, Google searching topics. Finding mentors, creating the conversation. And to add to that on mentors, reversing the mentorship. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with the Gen Z generation trying to understand the driver's Find somebody from Gen Z to be a mentor for you, to really understand what those are. Mm. I believe we're getting much more creative around that and being much more meaningful about that approach. I learned this lesson the hard way one time is I led a business, had an engineer, manager who was just an incredible, incredible engineer, a top 10 in his field and industry. And he is manager and I am trying to get his communication and leadership skill up. I went out and found the best leadership course for him to engage in 16 weeks, Monday nights for three hours. And about week three, I checked in with him and I said, Bob, how is this going for you? And I kind of felt good. You know, I I identified the need and I thought, you know what, I am going to solve this problem. And I am going to selfishly say I developed this person. Three weeks in, I talked to him and he said, you know, really, I'm just not getting much out of the class. It's not for me. And inside, I'm thinking, my God, man, you could carry the book and you would learn something. Read the Mm -hmm. syllabus and you Mm -hmm. would grow. What I realized is I did not communicate the need for his development. Number two, I didn't allow him to help solve that problem. I was forcing a solution onto him that he didn't truly understand why he was there, and it wasn't the right solution for him. So the reason I give that example is leadership development today comes in many, many different forms. Our involvement in charity groups, our involvement on boards, our mentors, our podcasts, our books. All of those are examples of developing our leadership style. We really have to allow the
0: individual to understand the need and help develop the solution for that. David, I love a men's focus of building people and driving results. And I think all of us need that extra continual jolt of energy, right? That it's that one quote, it's that one TED Talk, it's that... One podcast, that one book that really resonated, and here's the nugget I took out to motivate you to get to the next level. And then there's meaningful relationships with organizations like Vistage or YPO or CEO roundtables. I was with a leader a couple weeks ago who said, you know, I spent a lot of time researching Twitter like I would Google. Right. To find who are the thought leaders talking about topics that I'm interested in. And, you know, I've actually this one leader shared I've attended a couple conferences that I've learned about from Twitter that were smaller because these new innovative energies. But it was really good to go to people that aren't the overpopularized brands to just hear what are other people sharing, what else is being innovated, and gave me another perspective. You know, I haven't done that quite as much, and another good resource for us to look at. And the great thing for that leader is
1: she owns the outcome of that, and it's something that she developed and wanted to uh, go to. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that individual learning
0: style, understanding the, I need to develop my skill set approach. Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about here at Centennial that our goal is to build healthy organizations that create healthy leadership teams that transcend and help create healthier employees and healthier families that ultimately impact our community and the world that we're around. And the Talent Magnet Institute focus of reframing success and leadership. We hope that some of these nuggets, those are listening, can take away like, wow, that's a really profound thought. I never thought of that perspective, I'm going to go do something different tomorrow or today in my next conversation I want to implement and maybe care a little bit more about the response and try to help people be understood more clearly or helping people feel valued in that. So, David, the passion that you bring to the work that you and your team do helping leaders drive meaningful and lasting change, and the alignment that we've had over the last decade plus Mm -hmm. now, and the amount of time and investment that you spend working with thoughtful, growing, innovative, changing, and sometimes challenged organizations to overcome and see their next potential. I really appreciate all the investment that you do and the time here in our studio So thank you again for joining us. All right. Thank you. And I really value the work that you do because we're all in the
1: same footprint in this economy. And our commitments to investing in lives and investing in businesses, Centennial is a part of that. So thank
0: you. And I appreciate you having us in today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us at the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. We look forward to our next conversation. And we hope you enjoyed this discussion today. It's a two-part series. So if this is the first episode that you've listened to, please go back and pick up episode one. And we look forward to our next discussion. Thank you so much. Companies and teams with authentic leaders attract the best talent, are the most productive, and keep people around the longest. Are you an authentic leader? Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash authentic to find out if you're ticking all the boxes. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of SoundPress, Produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.